podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, the new short form podcast on Anfield Index. Purpose of this podcast is just to bring you the latest news from the world of Liverpool FC. So just a quick catch up on what's going on, who's saying what and what we need to talk about. So yesterday's big news obviously was from David Ornstein that Jordan Henderson has made steps towards agreeing a new contract with the club to stay for an extra year and then potentially the option of another year if he plays X amount of games. No new news on that today, so we wait and see. You'd imagine the club are probably prepping in an interview, some photos, etc., etc. So maybe tomorrow, maybe the day after, if the reporting is correct. If not, it could go a little bit longer, but Ornstein is as good as it gets, and you'd imagine... He's probably gotten it from the same source where he got the news that the original negotiations were not going too well. On top of that, Liverpool have come out with a statement regarding measures to reinforce Liverpool's commitment to tackle discrimination. So this comes off the back of chanting during the Liverpool-Norwich game that was aimed at Billy Gilmore in reference to his Chelsea past or you know ownership by Chelsea and a certain phrase a certain terminology that does have negative connotations dates back to the 70s certain things were happening around Stamford Bridge and certain names got levied onto Chelsea Football Club their fans and their players I think now when people say it I don't think they mean it in the same way that it was originally used I don't think a lot of people are aware of what that chant actually means or what that phrase actually means and why it's used towards Chelsea and Chelsea players. So I would say it's not advisable to use. I would say it is extremely derogatory. But I don't know that there was intent among all the fans that were chanting it towards Billy Gilmore. I won't defend them all. There may have been one or two who did have that idea in mind, who were using it with that implication. But I think the majority, it is just what you chanted, a Chelsea player, a Chelsea fan, etc. It's something we need to bury. It's something that needs to go away. It needs to be put in the locker along with United fans chanting about Istanbul at Leeds fans, Leeds fans doing aeroplane impressions at Manchester United fans, people shouting about Hillsborough and Heysel at Liverpool fans. All of those things need to go away from modern football. We see so much in modern life now where people are offended by everything, and yet these same people can't bring it to themselves to be offended about these type of chants. Maybe we all just need to do a little bit better. Uh, the club have also confirmed the Ben Davies loan to Sheffield United. It's a, a full-season loan. Liverpool receive 500,000 as a loan fee and another 500,000 if Sheffield United get promoted. Now, so far, they have kept their entire squad from last season. They've got a strong team, team that came up, team that finished ninth. And they added players last summer as well, remember. They spent 60 million last summer on Rian Brewster, Max Lowe and Jaden Bogle from Derby. Aaron Ramsdale, Ollie Burke. So they brought in a lot of players last summer. None of them worked last season. But there's no reason to think that in the championship they can't work. 
There's no reason to think that Sheffield United shouldn't be one of the strong contenders for promotion this year. Jukanovic, the new manager, he's already been promoted from the Championship into the Premier League twice with Fulham and then Watford, or Watford and then Fulham, I should say. So he's more than capable. And that group of players is more than capable. They still have Sander Berger there. He's more than good enough to play in the Premier League. He's an excellent footballer. They've got good attackers, strong midfielders. They lost Lundstrom. He went to Rangers. But aside from that, nobody of any importance is gone. So hopefully, Sheffield United can work the way back up into the Premier League. And that'll be an extra bit of cash for Liverpool. And on top of that, perhaps then they will want to buy Ben Davies and they might be willing to pay a good price for him, considering he could have played a big part in helping get them up. Over on This Is Anfield, um, Jack Lusby, very good writer on This Is Anfield, he's written a piece about why it makes sense for Liverpool to loan Ben Davies rather than sell him. So would highly recommend giving that one a read. This Is Anfield also have a good piece from Joanna Durkin about football fans being back at football and what it means and how it brings normality back to things. So that's a good one as well to give a quick read to when you have a chance. With relation to uh, the big journalists, or in regards to the big journalists, I should say, Quiva O'Neill and James Pierce uh, pushing the podcast that they do on The Athletic. If you're an Athletic subscriber, that would be of use to you. Neil Jones reporting that Ben Woodburn is of interest to Hearts on a season-long loan. I would personally rather see Woodburn leave the club permanently. I don't think he has any future at the club. I think everybody is in agreement on that. I know he did did well in pre-season. But at his age, given the lack of appearances in real games for Liverpool over the last three years... I think it is time for Ben Woodburn to move on. Now, if he can go to range or to Hearts and do well, we've seen other Liverpool Academy players go up there and do very well. Shea Ojo did quite well. Ryan Kent has obviously done brilliantly. Maybe Woodburn can go back up there, get his career back on track, perform well for Hearts now that they're back in the top flight. And with a bit of luck, he could earn himself a permanent move. So hopefully it comes to fruition. Hopefully he can find his way to a new destination, and get himself some some game time. Dominic King in the mail has a very interesting piece on Van Dijk. Basically, Virgil talking about the absence, how long he was out for, the recovery, the process, and how just because he's back on the pitch, that doesn't mean the journey back is over. He's fully aware of the fact that he's not yet back to his best. He's not back to 100% capacity. So we'll wait and we'll watch. I expect that Virgil in two, three months will be back to the best defender in the world. The guy we've come to know, we've come to love. That will be my expectation of Virgil. And I think he's realistic enough to know as well that after such a long spell on the sidelines, it is going to take some time to get back to where he was before that disgraceful tackle by Jordan Pickford. Liverpool.com have a couple of stories up about Jordan Shakiri going to Lyon. Uh, Leon are waiting on Maxwell Cornet to go to Burnley. Burnley have a £13.5 million bid in for him. And that deal is expected to close in the next couple of days. That will then free up the money for Leon to buy Shaq. Now, 
We'll wait and see what the fee is. Julian Lorenz on his podcast with uh, Gabriel Marcotti, he said that that deal is as good as done. Uh, from his information, he's as good as it comes for French football. So hopefully that's true and Shaq will be out the door. That will, A, free up a homegrown spot, or a non-homegrown spot, I should say, and B, bring some extra money into the coffers. Um, there is another article on the same website about how Liverpool could use Shaq in a part exchange to get Maxwell Cornet. Uh, I'm not sure that the author of the article has, has, has seen much of Maxwell Cornet, but he's not a Liverpool calibre player. Burnley is a good move for him. He's a good signing for them. He's not a Liverpool calibre player. There's another article on the site with regards to how Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool could be using Shaq to secure the next Mbappe. And who is that next Mbappe? Rayan Cherky, a player who could not be any less like Mbappe if he went out and tried to be any less like Mbappe. Totally different type of player, far more similar to Shaq in many ways. Cherky's a great player. He'd be a tremendous signing. There's been some weird rumours in recent days that he could be on his way to RB Leipzig. It would be very, very strange for Leon to sell him, given he's their biggest talent. But rumours are rumours. Nothing concrete so far. Uh, also on Liverpool.com, the lead article is about Roberto Firmino setting a record for Liverpool and banishing a long-standing Jurgen Klopp myth. So Firmino's goal at the weekend was the 49th Premier League goal scored by a substitute in the Klopp era. That's the most of any Premier League club in that span. Now, that's obviously a very impressive record. However, I don't agree that it's a myth that Klopp's in-game management can be suspect. I think that's absolutely fair to say. He's not perfect. No manager's perfect. And I think if there is one weakness with Klopp, it is, at times, in-game management. And if you look at how heavily the goals from the bench favour the early seasons of Klopp, 13 and 15, 16, 12 in 18, 19, only three in 17, 18, only four in 19, 20. It's not a consistent thing that we score a lot of goals off the bench. Now, some of that comes down to a lack of quality in the squad, a lack of depth. But I don't think it's a myth or a misconception that at times Jurgen Klopp's in-game management has been questionable. Um, it's a good article, though. It is well worth the read. And also on um, Liverpool.com is a suggestion that Liverpool could sign Martin Odegaard, who Real Madrid are reportedly open to selling. Arsenal obviously had him on loan for the second half of last season. He did quite well. I love Odegaard. I think he's a tremendous player, but he doesn't fit in how Liverpool play. He's not a 4-3-3 player. He's not a particularly good presser. doesn't have a great pressing capacity. So, I mean, maybe Klopp could turn him into that player, but it would be a drastic change from what he is right now. So it seems unlikely. Um, he would he would mean a change to 4-2-3-1. Now, Odegaard with Harvey Elliott as a backup to him would be a natural fit. You know, you could play Mo as your, as your 9, maybe Jota as the backup there. Bobby is the 10, and maybe Curtis is the backup there. Mane off the left, and Jota can also be his his backup. So Jota's going to get a lot of minutes in, in both of those roles. Um, you go Fabinho, Thiago in midfield. You've got Henderson and Naby. So there's good depth there. 
And maybe that would negate the need for a Ginny Wijnaldum replacement. But it's hard to see Klopp making such a drastic change for a player that's not a great fit uh, off the ball. Now, Lucas Poqueta, who's at Lyon, he would be a more natural fit into how Klopp wants the team to play off the ball. And he could also fit into a 4-3-3, 4-2-3-1 or 4-4-2. So he would make more sense than someone like Odegaard. With regards to ourselves at Anfield Index, we have two new podcasts for your listening pleasure. The return of the Under Pressure Boys for the new season. Uh, that was recorded live last night and released today. It's Gags Tandenbach in hosting duties, Simon Brundish, Daniel Rhodes, and Phil Barker, new to the Under Pressure podcast. Uh, if you didn't hear Phil's uh, introductory pod on the Fatigue Index feed, do make sure to check that one out. But Phil will be joining the team this year so that when Gags or, as last night, Dan Kennett or Dan Rhodes or Cy in the future can't make a podcast, Phil can fill in. Sometimes I'm, I'm sure we'll hear all five of them. Uh, they talk about the difference between Liverpool's points per game with and without fans. They discuss Saturday's game. They discuss Naby's role in the game. Gags obviously delivers on the pressing stats. And then they have a bit of a chuckle about Rhodesy and his efforts to collect pressing stats. Uh, for those that don't know, Gags Tandon is just a machine. So you don't so much get Gags to collect the pressing stats as you just feed the game into like a USB slot and his brain just computes it all and spits it back out. So that's how that works. And then recorded last night and out this morning, Money Talks. Uh, Mo Chatra is back, joined by Tadiwa. And they discuss the ownership and FFP and how the ownership had banked on FFP and what the death of FFP and, and you know, the changes that are coming will mean. Uh, Mo goes in depth on the stadium development and different things. So that's well worth a listen. I listened to that one this morning. So do make sure to check out Under Pressure and Money Talks. They're both out today. We have a whole bunch of new stuff up on the Anfield Index shop as well. So you can either Google Anfield Index shop or easier, go and download the Etsy app and just search Anfield Index and you'll see the new merch up there. There's some nice Jurgen Klopp coasters if you're interested in that sort of thing. And that's it then. That is you up to date on everything going on with Liverpool at the moment. Anything that breaks, we'll be back with a news round over on Anfield Index Pro. If you're not an Anfield Index Pro subscriber, there is the free trial, seven days. So do check it out. See what you think. And if you like it, stick with us. It's going to be a hell of a season. We have post-match raw for every big game, league and Champions League. We have... Money Talks, Under Pressure, Scouted, Fatigue Index, Minefield, Euro Incision, Media Matters. We've got a whole bunch. Mulby on the spot might be our crown jewel. Trev Downey and Jan Mulby just chewing the fat. There's very few people that give insight like Jan. So do check that one out. So, like I say, if you're not a subscriber, do check it out. There is a free trial. It doesn't cost you anything to sign up. And if you like it, stick with it. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.